Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Technically Speaking, where we discuss technology as it relates to your career or job search. Today, we're delving into the four digital marketing trends that you can expect to see in 2015 and how they could impact your company. To learn more, I'm speaking with Dave Rogenmoser. Dave is the co-owner at Redwood Recruiting and Market Results, and he's also the co-author of Beyond the Grind. Thanks for joining me today, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. So to start off, for our listeners who are maybe unaware of your background, could you let us know an overview of your professional background? Yeah. So I mean, basically, I've always really loved marketing and sales. And even as a kid, I was you know, selling candy bars out of the locker bank at school and you know, went to school for marketing. So I've always really loved it. And then it wasn't until 2013, I actually started a, a software company a few years out of college, and that was Redwood Recruiting, and really, really just kind of fell in love with it. Um, just loved every aspect of it. And as I was trying to get the company out there and promote it, I really was studying all sorts of marketing techniques and digital marketing. And I realized that was kind of my favorite aspect of all the business operations. And then kind of more and more as I learned about it and was implementing these strategies, you know, people would ask me, hey, what's the best you know, technique in digital marketing here? What are you using there? Uh, and so kind of the idea came to JP, who's the co-founder of Market Results, and myself, hey, why don't we take these different skills we're learning in our own businesses and start to monetize them? Why don't we put together some packages that other businesses would be interested in as well? And so that's kind of how Market Results recently got started. It was just out of our love of marketing in our own businesses. We put together and started Market Results. So it sounds like you have a great background in marketing and digital marketing in particular. Today, I wanted to talk about four particular digital marketing trends that you've said we can expect to see this year in 2015. So I wondered if you could give us just a little bit of background on these trends that we're going to be talking about. How are you able to determine or predict what these trends are going to be this year? Basically, they just kind of rose to the surface, just kind of in all of my research and reading. Again, I'm always, you know, reading blogs and different books. I'm just kind of fascinated by the topic of marketing. And so I think I can kind of aggregate all of those ideas and get kind of a bird's eye view about some of the changes um, I was seeing. Um, You know, plus I wrote the article just because I saw that those four areas are really four areas that, you know, typically like brick and mortar kind of local businesses were really kind of getting left behind on. Um, A lot of the internet and online-based businesses these trends here would be things that they're already implementing or implementing maybe a year ago, but kind of your average business owner, as I talk to people, really wasn't getting these things. And so those are really the big trends that I think people really have to buy in here quickly or they're really going to get left behind. And I imagine, especially if you're working with smaller companies, they maybe don't have an employee who's designated to watch for these trends. So that's probably mm-hmm. where they find your services to be beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And I really... I really was hoping to kind of distill them down and find, hey, what are some of the you know low-hanging fruit in these mm-hmm. different areas? You know, for the smaller business that doesn't have a marketing team, you know, what are some of the quick fixes or, or small changes they can make to stay ahead of the game? So let's dive into the trends then. The first one that you mentioned in your article is mobile-compatible websites. So what trends have you been seeing recently with mobile-compatible websites? Yeah, well, it's obviously big, big shift. People are going to mobile much more frequently. Even a few years ago when people had a lot of 
cell phones and mobile was getting bigger, it was still not a very friendly way Mm -hmm. to surf the web and to do any business. And so people were getting on there and seeing websites, but it just wasn't like a fun experience for consumers. And now they're finding out that that people are getting a lot better at making it a customer-friendly option to go get on their phone and make a purchase or do some research on their phone. And so, you know, even a stat comes to mind, you know, I think a year ago, about 22% of search dollars were spent on mobile and it's supposed to increase all the way up to man, 60% of dollars in marketing are going to be spent really on focusing on reaching people through a mobile platform. So it's definitely shifting that way in a big way. Right. And I had read a statistic somewhere, it escapes me now where it was, but people who log onto a website on their phone, if it's not mobile compatible, they're likely to just exit off of it right away. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I would imagine that would be a big reason why you would want to have a mobile-compatible website for your business. Why else would you say that it's imperative for companies to have this? Yeah, I think you made a great point there. You know, people just don't want to get on websites um, that aren't mobile-compatible. It's just too much work because they know that there's going to be competitors that do have mobile-responsive websites. For a brick-and-mortar company, like I was talking about, studies have shown that 40% of mobile searches are people that are looking for a local business. So 40% of searches are looking for, you know, a local auto mechanic, they're mm-hmm. looking for a local roofing company, things like that. So really for a brick and mortar company, having a Google plus page up and just being mobile friendly it, it is really, really imperative. So yes, that's one idea. Also, maybe just having a responsive website, which is the you know term for having a mobile friendly website, mm-hmm. really 2000. 12 is kind of when this took off and people started really getting into the responsive website. Now, really every company does need one. Now, for most companies, they're probably going to have to go you know, get a new website designed. There are some ways that they could kind of convert them into a mobile responsive site. But for the most part, it's not too complicated to get somebody to, to put together a new website for a company and then it'll pay for itself every single time. So, so yeah, having a responsive website really is big right now. And aside from the responsive website or the mobile compatible website, another thing that you mentioned in your article is that you need to keep up to date with your social media. So in other words, social media is no longer just a nice to have option. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that social media has become so important in the last few years? One thing that's been really cool just in, you know, digital marketing, you know, one thing that's great about digital marketing is just that you can track everything. And really, you can see kind of where the dollars and the times and the clicks are going. And really, kind of for the first time now, we're able to start to see and track kind of the ROI, return on investment for social media. So we're just getting a lot better at seeing what works and what doesn't and kind of segmenting out the things that don't work and then really kind of doubling down on the things that do. Also, I just think everybody knows that the audience is on social media a lot more. Like people are looking for businesses that they can connect with, businesses that aren't kind of this cold, impersonal business, but a business that seems, you know, friendly to work with. And so people are getting a lot of success when they get on the, the channels that are where all the friends are, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter and Facebook and things like that. And when they can make personal, not cold touches on there, people seem to respond really well. And how much time and effort would you say that companies should be putting into their social media accounts? Maybe particularly smaller companies who maybe don't have the staff for this. What would you recommend as far as how much time they should be spending on social media? 
I think social media is something that small businesses can get into trouble with Mm -hmm. a little bit just because it can become a big time sink. People can do it and they can spend a lot of time without really having like a solid strategy that's going to produce revenue, it's going to produce results. So probably my recommendation for a small business, if they're going to do something in-house, you know, here's some of the low-hanging fruit is just set up an account with all the different social media accounts they could get on there. They could set up an account, make sure they're all kind of linked together. They, they link back to their website. They could have a similar brand mm-hmm. look on all of them. So maybe they go and they have the same profile picture on all of them. And then probably what I'd recommend is they just pick one. One of the social media accounts, probably Facebook. This is people engaging that a little bit more. But really the, the question they need to be asking is, where is my audience? Mm-hmm. They have a maybe a high-end furniture business where pictures and photos are really going to drive the product. In that case, you know, something like Instagram might be better because it's photo-driven. But yeah, think about where the audience is and kind of what would be the best way to communicate. And then probably just pick one to really focus on and just start you know, trying to add some value and, and be engaged on there. And so I would say if they're going to do something in-house to do that, pass that. I think you want to reach out and reach out to you know local company or experts to go ahead and kind of manage that for you because it just takes too much time. If you don't know exactly what you're doing, you're not going to get a return on investment anyway. And I think that's a great tip, especially for our listeners who maybe they're part of a smaller company and they're thinking about getting a social media specialist or maybe finding someone to do that. Would you be able to give us an example maybe of a company or a couple of companies that have been using social media very effectively recently? Yeah, I think one that comes to mind that I just personally enjoy is SpaceX. They're launching all these, you know, rockets and they're, you know, wanting to go into space. And they just post a lot of cool things on Twitter and Facebook particularly. Um, They're just not afraid to be real people, I think. I think it'd be easier for them to be kind of this NASA-like company where it all seems very, you know, highbrow and smart but mm-hmm. i was on there the other day and they showed a picture of their rocket crashing oh, and they just said they, they just said almost but not yet but we'll get there and uh, it was just cool it was just humanizing to say okay well you know they're obviously doing great things there's a lot of failure there too and just made me like the company a lot more so that might be one example of just a company being real on social media and not just kind of this fake stiff company mm-hmm. yeah i think that's important as well especially all the different types of social media that you see a lot of times you are drawn more to the realistic ones. Yeah, absolutely. So then the third component that companies want to focus on is ad retargeting. For the listeners who are unfamiliar with this term, could you explain briefly what ad retargeting is? Yeah, so ad retargeting is, you know, when you go to Amazon and you're looking at a watch and then, you know, later on, an hour later, you're on ESPN.com and that watch picture is on the right-hand side and you know, first you think, oh my goodness, like what a coincidence. I, I can't believe I was just looking for that watch. You go back and click it, buy it. I think now we're getting a little bit more savvy and we're realizing that those ads are, are following us around the internet. Mm-hmm. Basically, ad retargeting is just when somebody goes to your website and then you create an ad that then will show up later for them as they're searching the internet. And why would you say that ad retargeting is important for a business? And maybe why is it becoming even more important this year? Yeah, it's just kind of a fun, kind of unique advertising experience. So for companies out there that have like a long sales cycle where somebody's not just coming to, you know, a website and buying a pair of shoes or something like that, maybe they're an architect and they're going to be talking to customers and have a sales cycle of months and months. Ad retargeting works really well. 
basically it's you know a great way to get your face out there where you know people are going to see this company over and over and over and they're going to start to think man these guys are kind of everywhere it's a really good way to build a brand and then really kind of overline all those it's just really cheap and so it's just a really cost effective way where a lot of times you're you're only paying if they click on the ad so it's just a very cost effective companies are finding it has a really really high ROI and so yeah so for a small company is looking to get you know high value out of their limited marketing dollars. Retargeting is really nice to use. A company they can look at is AdRoll.com is a good one that's pretty user friendly. But again, if a company has funds, it wouldn't be bad to bring in a you know, marketing company to kind of strategize and kind of run the campaign for them. I find that it almost always pays off when they do that. And then the final component I wanted to, wanted to talk about today was the section where you wrote about tie goes to the expert. And this was explaining the idea that if there are two companies that are competing with each other and they both seem to be impressive, the consumer is naturally going to go with the one who they believe is more of the expert. How would you say that consumers are making this decision between the two, which one is the expert? In a lot of ways, it's probably happening before they get to the kind of final decision. And mm-hmm. so they probably, you know, if somebody's an expert, they're already going to be influencing the sales process before they get down to company A or company B. And so you see a lot of people doing it by, you know, producing content is one of the best ways. And so mm-hmm. a local dentistry practice, you know, the, the, the doctor, the dentist could be writing monthly articles about different maybe different trends in dentistry or different top seven tips on having great teeth or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then if he's just adding value and building trust throughout a sales cycle or even, you know, prior to a sales cycle, when that customer, you know, goes to look for a dentist, they might already have heard of this, might have already bumped into this guy, and he's already going to be positioned a little bit more as an expert in their mind. And so, so really the key is to build trust Mm-hmm. and really kind of gain authority before the decision is made. And again, well, it's only going to get bigger and bigger, you know, in internet trends. People are talking more and more about content generation and things like that. And you had mentioned uh, maybe writing weekly articles on your website about recent things in your industry. Are there any other ways that you can, that a company could boost their website or their digital marketing efforts in order to appear to be more of an expert to their consumers? Like you said, blogging, if a company doesn't have a blog set up, I really recommend it. Not only is it good for being coming an expert, but also Google will rank you higher in search results if you've got an active blog going. So that's a great way. Really, again, kind of the two things you want to be thinking about is you want to be becoming an authority. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that concept. Um, first time I kind of heard about that was in Cialdini has a book called uh, Influence, where he just talks about, I think it's like the seven different big aspects is this guy studied how to influence people and an authority was a big one that stuck out to me. And so people want to, they want to look for the authority. So you want to be the authority, but also you want to build trust with people. And mm-hmm. so in your, in your writing and your positioning as a business or marketing, you want to build trust. And uh, a great way to do that, you know, is just always be thinking to the lens of adding value to people first. And so, you know, experts tend to add more value than they get back from people and they're not afraid to add value. Again, are you giving away like free content? Do you think are you helping people? Are you do, are you going the extra mile to help people in the industry that you're in? And if you are, you're just going to be seen more and more as an expert that's constantly giving value away, and, and people will tend to come to you more and more and more, and that only builds on itself. 
So overall, obviously, financial profitability is going to be a reason why companies want to stay on top of these digital marketing trends. Could you expand on that? And are there any other reasons that they maybe want to stay on top of these trends? Yeah, I mean, I think just growing growing a business is is fun for a lot of people. You know, mm-hmm. I know for me, it's like it's not all about financial profitability. I think it's fun. I think it's rewarding. I think as people grow their businesses and have you know new clients coming in, and if that's part of it, it just becomes a big joy. I, I love solving problems. I love business grows, just figuring it all out. And so I think a lot of it has to do with purpose more so than just money for a lot of people. And so yeah, so I definitely when I think of marketing, I'm definitely not thinking through the lens of always just getting people the bottom line dollar, but mm-hmm. I really want to help people be fulfilled and help people be on purpose in their business. And as we get toward the end of the podcast here, I wanted to give you the floor at the end for the last 30 seconds or a minute or so, just to give any final words of advice to our listeners. Maybe it's a listener who is part of a small company and they're thinking about getting into these digital media trends more, or maybe it's someone who's part of a larger company and they're looking to grow their digital marketing. What final words of advice would you like to give them? I'd say first and foremost, think through like the 80-20 principle. And that, you know, 80% of the results is going to come from 20% of the effort, really in anything, but in marketing, it's for sure the same. And so again, find what's that low hanging fruit and take that, be strategic about that. Second piece of advice is just, it's, it's almost always worth it, you know, to bring an expert on board, to bring in outside help. Again, even just from a straight return on investment standpoint, they'll typically, if they're good, always pay for themselves. And so don't be afraid to do that. And then finally, again, with digital marketing, it's so exciting and interesting because it's so trackable. It's so predictable in that, you know, if you put a billboard up, it's going to be hard to see who looks at the billboard. Obviously, you can't track that. But if you put a, a website up or you run an AdWords campaign or something like that, you can tell down to the, the click, to the view, to the dollar, if it's working or not. And if you're strategic about that and you look at all of that, you can, again, you can kind of cut what isn't working really quickly without wasting too much money on it, and then put all that and double down the things that are working. So I just challenge people to, to be really systematic in how you do it, and you'll see great results. But it's a lot of fun when you can get a system rolling for a company that just gives predictable recurring income and revenue month after month. And with that final insight, we will bring the show to a close. You've been listening to Technically Speaking with our guest, Dave Rogan-Moser. He was discussing the top four digital marketing trends to expect in 2015. Thank you again for sharing your knowledge with us today, Dave. Yeah, you bet. Happy to be here and uh, glad to help. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or you can find us on Twitter under at the LJN. For all of us here at LJN Radio, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.